Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. We want to also welcome those that are watching online, that are connecting with us. Whether you're watching this live or later on in the day, we just want to let you know that we love you and that we're so glad that you are part of the online community. Amen? Amen. Next Sunday, check this out. Next Sunday, we're starting a new series. It's called, I Want a New Marriage. Without being mean, how many have ever said, I want a new marriage? Now, when most people say that, listen to me, when most people say that, what they mean is, I want a different person. But, but statistics show us that that doesn't work. The, the more you divorce, the greater your chances of divorce increase. But, but here's the awesome part. God wants to give you a new marriage. And here's the best part, with the same person. So we're going to be looking at what it means to have a new marriage, not with a new person, but with the same person. Amen? Church, let me tell you, this is a great opportunity. Please listen to me. This is a great opportunity to invite somebody to come to church. If you're married, you got other friends that are married that are not doing well. Invite them. This is a great opportunity. We're going to have a great time. Anytime we talk about marriage, we're going to laugh a lot because it, it's, we need to laugh a lot in a good way. And I believe it's going to be a blessing. And if you're not married, this is not a vacation time for you. Okay? But pastor, I'm not married. I, I don't need to know anything about marriage. Yes, you do. The more you prepare yourself, the more you are aware of what marriage entails, especially a godly marriage, the better you will be. Amen? Amen. But today, because it's the Super Bowl, I want to talk to you about winning in life. My dad raised me in such a way that he always told me, if you're going to do something, try to be the best at it that you can. He always pushed me to do that. Till today, he, he, he pushes me to be a better pastor. He pushes me to be a better preacher. He pushes me to be a better husband, to be a better uh, father. He just taught me that if I'm going to do something, to be the best that I can. Now, how unfortunate it would be if we win at work, if we win in our career, but if we lose in life. So today we're going to look at God's word and look at how we can win in life. Is that all right? But before we do that, is it okay if we start with a little bit of humor? It says that it was the Super Bowl that the Rams were going to win against the Bengals. When, When in a specific section, there was a man in this packed out stadium with an empty seat next to him. 
the people around him noticed it and maybe they said, well, maybe whoever's joining him is running late. Halftime came and the seat remained empty. Finally, somebody got the courage to ask him, so who does that seat belong to? He said, well, that seat belonged to my wife. But she, she's not here because unfortunately she passed away. Everybody around him just, you know, became really sad. And one other person asked him and you couldn't find anybody to replace and just take your wife's seat. And he said, no, they're all at her funeral right now. Let's pray. (laughs) Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence and your joy in this house, Lord. We thank you, Lord, and we've worshiped, we've celebrated a wonderful family, we've laughed, but now, Lord, we want to be transformed by your word. We want your word to come into our lives and not just entertain us, but change us. So, Lord, whatever's distracting us, we're going to put it aside because we are in your presence and your spirit is moving and working right now. And we want him to work in us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you have your bulletin, would you open it inside? There's an outline. You can follow along with me. Look at what 1 Chronicles 4, 9 through 10. Some of you may be saying, Chronicles? I didn't know there was a book named Chronicles. Well, there is one. And look at what chapter 4, verses 9 and 10 say. It says, there was a man named Jabez, who was more what? Honorable Honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez, because his birth had been so what? Painful. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel. And here's what he prayed. He said, oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Bless me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And look how beautiful this passage ends. It says, and God what? Granted him his request. If you were to read the beginning of this chapter... It would not be a fun one because Chronicles is a book of genealogies, is a book that records a bunch of dead people. In fact, Chronicles is one of those books that if you've ever said, I'm going to read the Bible from cover to cover, it is one of those books that becomes an obstacle and where many people give up. It's just not a fun book like Joshua or, or, or the Gospels. It's, it's a bunch of dead people who've been recorded in the Bible. One commentator said that reading Chronicles is like taking a stroll through the cemetery. But he said the following. He said, it is better to be among the dead that are buried than with the unburied dead. Can I say that again? I, I, oh, they have it up there. Better to be among the dead that are buried 
than with the unburied dead. Because you could be alive in many ways dead. Where you're not living, you're simply existing. And I don't think it's a coincidence that among one of the hardest books, and if I, I want to say this very respectfully, among one of the boring books that God would put such a treasure for you and for me. And Jabez, Jabez is a story about winning in life. It's a story that gives us principles that we can apply into our lives because I don't know about you, I don't know about you, but I hope my life ends just like the story of Jabez ends. And God granted him his request. That's what I want. I want to win in life. And I believe that you can too. So I want us to look at, at a few things, at a few principles that we can apply into our lives if you want to win in life. How many of you guys want to win in life? Yes. Amen. Number one, here it is. You can fill this out in your outline. You can win in life. Number one, here's the number one reason you can win in life. Because obscurity doesn't have to limit your life. Obscurity doesn't have to limit your life. Look at how that passage begins. It begins by saying that there was a man named Jabez. Listen to me. All we know about Jabez is two verses long. That's it. He's not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible. We don't know a whole lot more details about Jabez. Jabez is like a comet that just kind of flashes across the sky and then disappears. But the fact that he wasn't one of these big, well-known characters of the Bible did, did not diminish the kind of life that he had. The fact that he might, maybe wasn't well-known or maybe for some of you, this is the first time you are hearing about Jabez. Yes. He's not at the forefront. He's not in the spotlight. But yet, he won in life. And here's what you got to know. Obscurity doesn't have to limit your life. A lot of times you say, well, well, I'm just nobody. Nobody knows me. I go to church and, you know, half of the people don't even know my name. You know, where I work, I'm, I got the least position. Listen, obscurity doesn't have to limit your life if you don't let it. Obscurity can be the excuse for the fear that you may have to really shine. But obscurity doesn't have to limit the type of life that you have. In fact, can we be honest? Obscurity can be what makes your story great. Because we love those stories of nobodies that made it to the highest place. We love those stories of people who came from difficult places but didn't remain in those places and they got to achieve greater and better things. So you can win in life. You can win in life because obscurity doesn't have to limit your life. Here's the second reason. Here's the second reason you can win and you can fill this out in your outline. You can win in life because disabilities don't have to limit your life. Disabilities don't have to limit your life. 
We read in that passage and it says that his mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so what? Painful. Now, Jabez literally means pain, sorrow, anguish, misery. And Jabez is not a nickname. That was his name. Now, come on, stop with me for a minute and let's really, let's just take this in. His own mother gave him a horrible name. You know, two of my siblings are getting ready to have kids and and we're excited about finding names and we want to find beautiful names. We want to find names with good meaning. We want to find names that, 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 that shine. You know, we don't want to name them pain. We don't want to name them sorrow. Now, you got to stop and think, what must have happened for his own mother to name him pain? Now, I know the passage says that his birth had been so painful. But commentators believe that it is not a reference to the actual birth. Because all births are painful, right, ladies? All births are painful. So if it was a reference to the birth, then we would all be Jabez. Because all births are painful. So we're not told exactly why, but let me speculate. Let me speculate. Let's let's think about some possible reasons why his own mother would name him pain. Maybe, and it's very likely, that his father died and she had to raise him as a single mother. We don't know anything about his father's not mentioned in the story. Maybe it's possible that they already had plenty of kids. And Jabez was unplanned and he was brought into a situation that was already difficult and his birth only made it harder. It's possible that Jabez was born in a time of war. This was the time when when the Israelites were taking possession of the land and there was a lot of wars. It was possible that he was born in such a time. But it's very obvious that there was something about Jabez that made him an unwanted child almost. And an unwanted child is usually a mistreated child. Now Jabez got a struggling start. But that struggling start didn't mean he had to have a struggling life. Disabilities don't have to limit your life and we all have disabilities we all have limitations things that we can't do things that we're told we'll never accomplish things that we believe that we shouldn't aim for but I'm here to tell you this morning that your disabilities that a struggling start doesn't have to limit the kind of life that you have that your beginning does not have to determine your end Now, come on. There was no doubt that his name haunted him. Come on. Everywhere he went, he was reminded of his reality. Pain, pain. And today we're going to have pain lead a song. And today we're going to, who did that? Oh, it was pain. His name haunted him. But see, 
The first thing that we know about Jabez at the end of the story, because this passage is a sum of a story. If you read that verse, the first thing we know about Jabez is that he was an honorable man. Think about it. What did Jabez have to do to have such a name and such a life full of pain that at the end of his life, it wasn't his name that defined him, but it was the fact that he was an honorable man. Now, honorable means weighty. So there was something about Jabez that really stood out. And the Bible says that not only was he an honorable man, it says that he was more honorable than all of his brothers. That could refer to his siblings or it could refer to the people of Israel, to to his nation. But Jabez turned his life around in such a way, he did not allow obscurity and he did not allow disabilities to determine his life and he became an honorable man. And we got to ask the question, well, what was it that made him an honorable man? What was it that turned his life around? I'm glad you're such a smart congregation and you ask smart questions. Here's what made him an honorable person. Here's what turned his life around. You ready? Leads me to my third and last point. You can win in life because prayer elevates your life. You can win in life because prayer elevates your life. Look at what the passage says. It says, he was the one who prayed to the God of what? Of Israel. Now listen to me, church. Listen to me. That word he prayed is not the prayer that a lot of Christians have in mind. You know, when we say, oh, you know, I lost my job. Can you pray for me? When he prayed, It means he cried out with desperation. Picture a crying out of a mother who sees her child running dead into traffic. With that kind of desperation is what Jabez prayed. And that's why God heard his prayer. Prayer. Prayer was the key to Jabez being more distinguished than any other because prayer elevates our lives and let me tell you before your life can go to the next level your prayer life needs to go to the next level if we don't pray our lives will be handicapped will be limited if you want your life to go to the next level your prayer life needs to go to the next level so I want to ask you not to make you feel guilty but to get you to reflect how's your prayer life How's your prayer life? Do you pray when you have emergencies? Is prayer the emergency tire? Is prayer the panic button that you press? Or is prayer a habit? Is prayer part of your daily life? Is prayer uh, something that you do? See, I find a lot of people today, they said, oh, God is going to bless me. God is going to bless me. And you know what? While that is a good expression of faith, we need to bring our petitions before the Lord in prayer. He's not a genie. He's not some kind of dartboard that you throw your your wishes at and he's going to fulfill them. He's God and he's a good father and he wants to hear about your needs and he wants to meet those needs, but he wants you to bring them in prayer because prayer elevates our lives. 
Now, you, you, you know this, so I just want to remind you of it. The size of your prayer determines the size of your answer. Big prayers lead to big answers. Because we serve, in fact, not only do prayers, the size of your prayers, determine the size of your answers, but I would go as far as to say that the size of your prayers reveal the size of your God. One pastor, one pastor on one occasion told me, he said, Nestor, you got to pray and believe big because if not, you'll get in God's way. And we got to pray with boldness. We got to pray with boldness. We come with reverence before the Lord, but we come with boldness knowing that he's a loving father who delights in hearing our needs and answering our prayers. Now, please understand, when it says that Javis prayed, it doesn't mean that he just kind of, Lord, would you please do this? It means that he persisted, that he pursued, that he remained asking and seeking God to answer his prayer. What did Jabez pray for? Well, he prayed for three things that made all the difference. You ready for them? Here they are. Number one, you can fill this out in your outlines. Jabez asked, the first thing he asked for was for divine enlargement. He asked for divine enlargement. In other words, look at what he says. He says, oh, that you would bless me and expand what? My territory. Listen to me. Jabez was not asking for a bigger house. Jabez was not asking for a newer car. Jabez was not asking for a bigger bank account. He was asking for a bigger life. He was asking for a wider vision. He was asking for a heavier purpose. He wanted his life to be expanded. It wasn't just about his possession. It was about who he was. And listen, he's not prideful in asking this. Sometimes we Christians, we feel a little bit guilty because we ask God for big things. He's not prideful in asking God about this. He believes in the kind of God that can answer big prayers and he's filled with such faith that he says God I was born in pain I was born in difficulty I was born in such uncomfortable circumstances but this is not the way I want to remain I don't want to be a burden to people I want to be a blessing to people and if you bless me and expand my territory I will go from being a consumer to being somebody that blesses somebody that gives He asked, expand my territory. See, he asked for a blessing. But he also asked, God, don't just give me stuff. Do something in me. Do you know why he asked God to expand him? Because who we are can limit the blessings that God can give us. You cannot, we cannot, we cannot pray for a well-sized blessing If our life is the size of an anchovy. God, I want you to give me a well-sized blessing, but our lives are the size of an anchovy. See, sometimes I heard somebody say, be content, be content to, be content to fill a little space if God gets the glory. Be content with the little that God gives you. And we should, we should. We should. If God put you in a little place, honor him. But I got a question. 
Does God only get glory from small spaces or can he also give us big spaces, big spaces and be glorified? Does God only get the glory when I am the manager or can God get the glory when I am the owner of the business? Does God only get the glory because I get accepted into the program or does God get the glory when I am at the top of my program? Jabez prayed, Lord, expand my territory. If you want to win in life, you got to pray. And the first thing you got to say, God, bless me. Expand. Make me a bigger person. Give me a bigger vision. Give me a bigger abilities. But the second thing that Jabez prayed for is that he prayed for divine engagement. Not only did he pray for divine enlargement, but he prayed for divine engagement. Look at what he said. He said, please be with me in all that I do. Do you know why Jabez prayed for God to be with him? Here's why. Because no success is safe without God. No success is safe without God's presence. And, and Jabez knew that God could bless him. And he knew that he could mess it up. So he asked, God, don't just bless me. Don't just give me something big. Be with me. Be with me. Because then I'll know that if a door opens up, it's because your hand opened up. That way I know that if something comes my way, it is from your hand and not the enemy's hand because I am walking in step with you Jabez was not just content with God blessing him he wanted to have a relationship with God he wanted to be engaged with him did you know that the enemy can bless you too did you know that the enemy does bless you too but his blessings come with the hook his blessings come with poison in it his blessings lead to death See, the Bible says that God gives uh, prosperity and he doesn't add affliction to it. The enemy will prosper you at the price of your marriage, at the price of your kids, at the price of your dignity, at the price of your spiritual life. And Jabez says, I want to get out of this misery and I, I believe that you can bless me and expand my territory. And as you do that, please be with me. I want to be where you are and I want you to be where I am. I don't want to dip out on you. I don't, I, I, I don't want to get what you can give and then forget about you. Now, I want to be with you. And the third thing he prayed for is that he asked for divine enablement. He asked for divine enlargement. He asked for divine engagement. And the last thing he asked was for divine enablement. Look at what he prays. Look at the last part of his prayer. And he says, and keep me from all trouble and pain. Church, notice, notice, notice how specific his prayer is. You know what you and I pray for? Lord, keep trouble and pain away from me. What did Jabez pray for? Lord, keep me from trouble and pain. Do you know why Jabez prayed that? Because Jabez knew trouble and pain. It was automatic to him. He didn't need any guidance. He didn't need any help. He knew how to get in trouble and he knew what pain looked like. 
And he says, God, I'm not asking you to keep that away from me, but to keep me away from trouble and pain. In other words, do a work in me so that what you do, I don't mess it up. Anybody with me where God has blessed us and we've messed it up? I'm guilty. Come on, I'm guilty. God has given us good things. He's done good things. And what do we do? We go and mess it up. Jabez says, Lord, I know that trouble and pain are going to be part of my life. And let me tell you, coming to Christ doesn't mean you're immune to trouble and pain. Trouble and pain just remind us that we're not in heaven yet. But Jabez prayed, Lord, help me to not be a knucklehead. Help me to not get your blessing and then turn around and mess it all up. Help me to keep away from trouble and pain. You know, there's people that will get God's blessing. And the first thing they do is go back to where God got them out of. (laughs) Jabez knew that God could give him victory in his life, but that he could ruin it. So Jabez, the story ends by saying that God granted him his request. How wonderful, right? How wonderful that God, we don't know how, we don't know how, we don't have those details, but we can take God at his word that when it says that God granted him his request, God did. Here's why. Church, prayer works. Prayer works. Can I open my heart to you a little bit? I wish that our most attended activity was Saturday prayer. I wish there was a hunger in us where we truly, not just verbally believed in prayer, but actually believed in prayer, in prayer. And we were so willing to give perhaps the one day that we can wake up late to say, I'm going to go spend it with God. Because I know that what happens in prayer will bring better results than whatever I can do outside of prayer. God granted him his request and God can grant your request if you're willing to pursue God in prayer. God can give us a life where we win. Now, let me say this and I'll finish with this. When God blesses, there's no guilt attached to his blessing. And we got to change that church. A lot of times as Christians, God will bless us and we're not too boisterous about it because we don't want to be prideful. We don't, we, we don't want to, we don't, you know, there's others that are not doing us well. So, so we don't want to rub it in their face. It's not that. It's giving God the glory. God blessed you. And the number one reason he did is so that he would be glorified. Church, when God begins to bless us, you got to brag about it. And say, you know what? God has been good to me, man. God has been, everybody's losing their jobs, but God has kept me. Praise God. Everybody, everybody's breaking up, but God has kept me in love. Everybody else is ruining their lives, but God has given me self-control and I am pursuing him.
When God blesses, blesses you, brag about it, not to people, but for his glory. Amen. You know, it got me thinking about my life. And it got me thinking, you know, because it's so easy to think about all the stuff that's not working in our lives, right? We can always see the negative. And, and as I was preparing for this, I started thinking, man, God is so awesome with me. I'm the only one who works and we're able to have a home where my wife can raise our children. I got two cars. The devil tried to take one away, but I still got two cars. I got two cars. Amen. You know, I I was a little concerned because I got COVID during the whole thing. So I went to go get a physical check and I asked the doctor to do all kinds of things in me. I want to know something's wrong with me. They did. They put me on all these machines, drew a gallons of blood and asked me all these questions. The doctor says, you are as healthy as a horse. My dad is not with us, but our relationship is great. My brother just came back to live with to live in California. They're having babies. Our family is growing. There's so much that God has given me. Why wouldn't I praise him? Why wouldn't I brag about him? Why would I give up on my relationship with him when he's already shown his goodness? And here's the best part. He's not done. He's not done. And he's not done with you either. So so listen, if you've been feeling down and sorry for yourself, Pick up your eyes, look to him, and bring your prayer before him. Bring your prayer before him, and then give him thanks for all that he's already given you. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.